Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waltman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Welcome to the evening edition of Mr. Producer. If we can edit that title, that would be great. Good show lined up today. We have a guest for tonight, Mr. Kyle Mann, the editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee, one of the funniest websites. I think much better than The Onion ever was, even in its heyday. So we're going to bring him on right now. Without further ado, we welcome onto the show, Mr. Kyle Mann. Kyle, welcome. Hold on, he's just editing the title. Uh, this is this is not going well. No, no, why, dude? Come on, come on, Zach. When I say also for okay, just let, let's just bring it on, Br- bring him on. Forget about the title. Um, Kyle, welcome to the show. Sorry, we have a bit of a skeleton crew tonight, <laughs> so we're trying to work through all the technical difficulties. Welcome to the show, Kyle. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So you are the you you guys authored was it, is it you or is it the whole editorial team that authored this new book? It was certainly a group effort. Me and my managing editor Joel Berry uh, wrote a lot of the copy and the text, and we have a fantastic graphics team in house. So we actually designed it and did all the illustrations and graphics with Ethan Nicole, our creative director, and Gavin Yee, who's one of our uh, graphic artists. And we just we pumped this thing out and and designed it all in house, did it all ourselves, and it, <laughs> the illustrations are just so funny. And it was just such a blast to write jokes and then see them come to life in crazy stick figures and the like. So yeah, we did it all. We did it all ourselves, and uh, it was a, a, a team effort for sure. So if we go to my screen, Mr. Producer, we have this up here. The book is the Babylon B Guide to Wokeness. Guide to Wokeness. So you can find it. We have the link in our description to go buy it at Barnes and Noble since we don't like to support Amazon, even though an Amazon pop-up did just pop up on the screen. Um, is this like a is this like an idiot's guide to wokeness? Walk us through what the book's about. Yeah, and we kind of write it from the voice, like this is an instruction manual teaching you, uh, bigoted, problematic white guy, how to become woke and what the steps are to get there. So we start with things like how to become an oppressed, uh, marginalized identity and how to choose your most oppressed identity possible, how to pick your pronouns. And we walk through everything from race and gender to American history until you're finally perfectly woke by the time you get to the last uh, page there. So have you guys settled on the hierarchy of, of victimhood? Every, it seems to change every different month. Like sometimes Native Americans are, are more victims than African Americans. Have you settled on like the definitive hierarchy for what people should choose? Well, yeah, I guess even writing this book is kind of problematic because we put uh, we put in stone, you know, it's it's on the paper, like what exactly the definitive oppressed classes are. And they're just, <laughs> you know, in real life, they're constantly changing. <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah, we no, have like spectrum. on page 15, we have the intersectionality chart where we show who the bad people are and who the good people are. So like if you're heterosexual, a cop, a baby, um, not dumb, willing to work, then you're in a place of The privilege. babies are bad? The babies are bad? Why are the babies yeah. bad? <laughs> well, they are uh, colonizers of innocent wounds. Gotcha. And so, they, yeah, so they're problematic. And then, you know, if you're good if you're like a blue nature loving alien or a cat a Marxist, if you have pink hair, or if you're, if you're a lady who's really screechy, you know, then you're marginalized. So you kind of have to pick one of those identities and run with it if you want to get a leg up in woke culture. So I, I can't wait to, to get a, a hard copy. Um, it does seem, though, that it probably is going to be outdated the minute it went to print. Because this stuff always changes. That's they the- say it's a spectrum. <laughs> they say it's like the universe. It's always expanding. Uh, and very, very similar to the universe. They're talking about a bunch of nothingness. Um, are you going to, are you, are you already in the works for a, a volume two? Have you already I mean, started thinking of things you wish you could have added? The response for this has been so great. We're already definitely looking at doing other guides, you know, for different areas of life and wokeness and liberalism and all of that. But yeah, I mean, it's, 
you know, and that's kind of why we try to cover like the whole in the beginning, we talk about wokeness and what it is and how it, the entire goal of wokeness is just to make you miserable. And it will touch every area and every aspect of your life as soon as you uh, as, as soon as you uh, subscribe to wokeness and decide you're going to begin that journey. So even though, yeah, there's only certain topics we touch on in the book, I mean, from that framework, you could just expand it to anything, you know, any area oh, yeah. of life you're going to be miserable with <laughs> if you if you subscribe to that whole oppressor oppressed paradigm. Well, yeah, well, it it it's it's a whole view, it's a whole way of looking at the world that is this created from the viewpoint of just accepting mediocrity, accepting failure, trying to give an excuse for failure. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone who believes that is a total failure because there's lots of successful people who, who subscribe to this. But this belief that there's just some puppet master up in the clouds who is pulling the strings and stopping you from getting a job, stopping you from from being able to get an apartment or, or succeed. And it's oh, it's 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 white privilege. It's the patriarchy. They have a different word for everything. There's lots of different puppet masters up there. Um, no, it, it, it's the whole it's they, they run on victimhood. They've created a currency out of it. Um, and there's just this competition who can be more of a victim, which is when you see those different, uh, I call it the totem pole. I'm allowed to, I'm part native American, um, <laughs> the, the victimhood totem pole. You see people stacking, they're stacking it up, trying to see who is the biggest victim. Um, what, what, what kind of feedback have you been getting from liberal organizations? I haven't had a chance to look at the press you've been getting. Have they been giving you good press, bad press? uh you know usually they just completely ignore everything we do um unless they're trying to fact check us or do something like that um, or calling us fake news or misinformation um i i, I kind of I, it went a little viral when i did an interview with the atlantic over this book and they were asking me to explain the jokes on every page which was interesting <laughs> and so i i kind of just refused to explain the jokes and just repeated them and uh, it was kind of interesting, though, to see that from the liberal perspective, you know, you can pick up a book like this and say, I don't understand, like, I don't even understand this joke or why anybody would find it yeah. funny at all. Yeah. And I think there, there's kind of a lack of empathy on the left in some ways where they can't, you know, they, it's not that it's not that they look at a joke we tell and go, um, you know, oh, I, I see why that's funny, but I disagree with it. It's like, I, I cannot put myself in your shoes to understand why a conservative might think this is funny or that is funny. So it, it was really kind of illuminating in that way when, when we had that response from, uh, from people at the Atlantic. That's an interesting take. I, I definitely can see that. I think uh, I've, been, I've been trying to figure out how the left could go four years under Trump and just be miserable for the whole four years. They were just miserable. They tried to do, they tried to meme, but their memes aren't funny. They can't meme. Um, but they're just miserable and they're trying to drag everyone else into their misery. Meanwhile, here we are less than one, one year into whatever the hell you call this presidency. And yeah, we all want to stop it. We all want to fight back, but we're still able to have a laugh about it. We're still able to maintain our senses of humor. And I've been trying to figure out why the left is so unfunny. Cause obviously there are great liberal comics. Right, you disagree with their with their politics, but they they the left has produced great comedy over the years. I think part of it is that they know it's funny, and they just don't want people to have a good time. Like they understand what Let's Go Brandon is all about. When the White House says that they haven't heard of Let's Go Brandon or haven't heard of of F Joe Biden, they absolutely have. Because after it started going viral at all these college football stadiums, Kamala Harris was out doing the coin flip the very next weekend. So it's very clear that they know what this is all about. I think they just don't want people to have a good time. I think they want us to be as miserable as they were for four years. Well, you kind of bring up an interesting point in that the um, the left, I think there's been this shift there, right? Like the left was so good at comedy and conservatives were really good at being the butt of comedy for so long. And I think the reason for that is because conservatives were, you know, I think maybe pre-Trump and the decades before that, conservatives were so self-serious all the time, you know, and they didn't know how to tell a joke or take a joke. And that that's the impression that I got anyway. And then there's been this shift more recently where the left has kind of become the old religious right in a lot of ways. Like the left are the ones who are, they, they're, they cling on to their beliefs in such a zealous way that to, to make any kind of joke that even approaches mocking their viewpoint, 
to them, that's, I mean, that's anathema, it's heresy, you know, <laughs> you might as well, uh, you might as well have, have uttered blasphemy if you make fun of the transgender uh, movement at all, even if it's a lighthearted joke, you know, to them, it's like, that's not funny, that's off limits, you know, because they see, yeah. again, they see everything in this yeah. oppressor oppressed paradigm. And so it's like, they, they jokes now, if you're punching up or punching down, I mean, frankly, you should just evaluate a joke by is it funny or not? And, you know, I, I don't want to ramble too much, but you bring up an interesting point with Trump, too, in that he broke, he really did break the left's brains in so many ways. Uh, we had a, we, one of our one of our best writers is Frank J. Fleming at the Babylon Bee, and he he always says with Trump, like, imagine, imagine if you had pitched to a Hollywood producer 10 years ago that I have a movie idea, Donald Trump gets elected president. And yeah. the and the movie producer would this the studio exec or whatever would laugh. Oh, that'd be a great, that'd be a great comedy. And you go, no, no, it's a very serious, it's a very serious drama. It's a, it's an epic drama about the end of democracy. And you go, what are you talking about? That's that's hilarious. That there's something really funny there. That's it, it, not a drama. It's a comedy. Yeah. And so I think we on the right were able to look at the Trump presidency and realize there is inherently funny stuff there that we can roll with it we can roll with trump's punches we can make jokes that really go along with his character where the left was just like no this is the end of democracy and instead of telling jokes yeah. about trump we'd lecture you on orange man bad uh for four years <laughs> you 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 it's funny i was looking at i'm sure you've seen like not the b it's kind of like there used to be like there still is not the onion but there's also now websites um not the b where it's basically satirical headlines but they're actually true and one of them for the not the b website one of the headlines that they were promoting was man captured by isis refuses to believe that donald trump is president <laughs> like like a man who was released by isis didn't believe that trump had won yeah there's an element of it i i agree with what you're saying there there are jokes that i'm sure some people would be like oh you shouldn't make fun of trump but if we put up my screen mr Bruce, this is my favorite one that you've done and I think because it, it's lighthearted, it's in good fun. Trump, quote, I have done more for Christianity than Jesus, end quote. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't say it, but you can imagine him saying it. Yeah, you can so imagine close, him right? say it. You can hear the voice in your head and it's lighthearted. It's it's fun. If you said something like if the left won't even let you joke about Biden. Biden just fell asleep at the UN's climate change summit and you're not allowed to make fun of it. Like, oh, no, no, that's off limits. What do you think about the fact that obviously Trump was so funny and you can make fun of him on both sides, but Biden's just been off limits? Why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a generalization like there, there are, like you said, there's comics on the left that are funny and there's been many funny liberal comics. But again, I, I mean, I think I think there's an element here where if you're on the left, you think that your progressive policies are going to save the country. Like you think that. You, you saw Trump as Hitler, right? So how can you criticize the guy that kicked Trump yeah. out of office? Like, the anti you know, the, yeah. So when you see things, when you always see things in this good versus evil, us versus them mentality in terms of politics, the left and the right, or, you know, Democrats and Republicans, I think it becomes hard to even make fun of your own side at all, you know? Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think there's an element, there's an element of that there for sure, where, to criticize their policy is to criticize their religion. So wh why would they do that? Why would they make fun of themselves? Even though yeah. Biden is well, much like Trump, Biden is an utter goldmine, you know, for comedy <laughs> in so many ways. Yeah, no, there's, there's one. I, I pulled it too. If we go back to my screen, this is another one of my favorites, relatively new. Biden cuts hole in masks so he can still sniff people's hair. It, <laughs> it, it's 100% true. Like we all know it. We all know he's, he's thinking it. I, I can't believe that the that the mainstream media isn't making these jokes because it's so easy. It's su such low hanging fruit. Also, this one, if we go back, this one I just saw for the first time today. I almost, I spit out my drink when I read it. Woman who's good at driving, wondering if she might be transgender. <laughs> that one, that that's that's that you can't you can't do that on the left. Like I'm surprised they aren't already picketing you over this one. But uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's all that's good why fun. We don't reveal our address or anything because uh, I'm sure we would get a Molotov cocktail through our uh, through our window for sure. <laughs> I, I I love I love the stock photo because it actually looks like she's going through this dilemma in her head right now. <laughs> yeah. So whoever picked I mean, the stock the, photo is great. 
yeah, the visual element of of this kind of news satire that the Onion pioneered in a lot of ways. I mean, the visual element is is so important to get that exact right stock image or Photoshop or whatever uh, to communicate the joke. How much time do you spend? Do you guys spend on the stock images? Do you treat it as just a throwaway, or do you spend just as much time on the images as you would on writing it? Because obviously, the headline's the most important. That's what people get first. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah, I mean, the headline for sure. But but like you said, I mean, the the images. You know, like you, you you look at that image with that, and it's like the image makes it. If you had the wrong image there, yeah. if it was too uh, if it was too absurd, you know, like it just was some goofy person that had a really crazy expression on her face. You know, versus this person who's just very seriously looking forward and thinking. Um, I mean, the, the visual element is, is key. Yeah. So, we'll, I mean, we'll even put a pin in an article for days or weeks you know, if we can't find the right image until um, until we want to publish it, because that, that element is going to sink or make the jokes uh, sink or swim for sure. I've heard and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I've heard sometimes you guys will go on to forums and find good ideas and turn them into headlines. Is that true? Um, no, most of them, you know, we'll just come up with obviously any idea that's percolating out there, like everybody's talking about this or that, or there's this funny hypocrisy, like, how do we, how do we do it? Um, how are we going to shine a light on it? What's the third angle that we're going to come at it from? What's the unique Babylon B take that people maybe might not be expecting? Because a lot of ways, that's what comedy does is it, you know, the left is saying one thing, the right is saying another thing, and you need to come in with this thing that kind of shocks and like wakes people up um in a lot of ways we do have a so a lot of our babylon b subscribers will submit ideas and we do have a headline forum specifically for that where we can go through and come through and and then help someone make their idea become reality on our uh, on our website going to take a real quick break from this interview to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by air med care network air med care network the premier insurance plan to cover you and your family should any of you ever suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital we don't get to choose when a disaster strikes we don't get to choose where a disaster strikes and it's not just people who fall off the side of a mountain or get lost in the woods who need to be airlifted you'd be shocked to learn just how many people in the suburbs and the cities have to be flown by hospital to hospital by a helicopter and it can be very expensive over 60 grand in some cases. Well, don't let it bankrupt your family. Sign up with AirMed Care Network, and it's going to only cost you $85 for one year, and that covers your entire household. And as a bonus, when you sign up using the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and then use promo code daily, we're going to give you up to $50 back in the form of an e-gift card. It's free money. So again, go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So talk to me about, I didn't understand this at first, but I've started to more get it now. You guys pitch yourself as a Christian website. What is that like? What is that like? Because we don't see that often. We don't see Christian websites dealing with satire. Almost not the same, but in similar that to the left, that certain things within faith are considered off limits. You're not supposed to make fun of faith. Talk to us about the Christian side of the Babylon Bee, because I think most people understand that the, the politics, the satire, Talk about the Christian uh, angle to it. Yeah, well, we, we launched as a Christian news satire site, and that's still like our byline or whatever. If you if you Google us, I think maybe yeah, your, your trusted source for Christian news uh, satire. So we still, you know, we'll make a, a few Christian jokes here and there, and uh, we still do that kind of stuff. Um, writing, I think, I think Christianity has a long history of people writing awesome satire, you know, throughout the years. I mean, you can even go back to like the prophets in the Bible, just absolutely eviscerating their opponents using insane like <laughs> comparisons and totally mocking them. Um, Jesus himself mocked the self-righteous and the Pharisees. Um, you can look at guys like Martin Luther, who just completely skewered his opponents. You can look at G.K. Chesterton, who, and this is kind of a shift, right? Because G.K. Chesterton didn't just make fun of uh, thing issues within the church. He he went and he he was engaging in debates with George Bernard Shaw and H. G. Wells, and he was mocking them with just pretty brutal insults <laughs> in a way that he yeah. that he uh, slammed the culture. I mean, I, I, and some of my favorite satire to write on the Babylon Bee is just kind of the inside baseball church jokes. You know, the worship leader stuff, the uh, just the really goofy stuff where the American church has become such a product in a lot of ways where it's just like any other business. And I think a lot of us Christians were feeling a lot of, uh, you know, kind of discontent with that kind of stuff. And we wanted to return to, you know, faith that's real and not just 
churches that look like shopping malls and all that. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fun to be able to write that stuff from the inside versus, you know, you see Hollywood and the way that they do satire of Christians and it's clear that they have no idea what they're talking about. So to write it from within is, I think, more fun. I mean, it, I think, too, like, we, we do obviously have some more boundaries and limits writing within that. Like, we're not going to make fun of God himself. We're not going to make fun of the Bible itself. But there's a lot that you can play with that's still respectful, you know, without being mean, that still has a, a you know, a informed satire of the of the Christian faith, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's not a perfect analogy, but it would be like that punching up. You know, it's not necessarily punching down on faith. It, it's lighthearted. It's more in good in good fun. Well, yeah, look at look at stuff like um, you know Christopher Guest Guest's films like uh, This Is Spinal Tap or A Mighty Wind, where they're making fun of heavy metal or they're making fun of folk music. But it doesn't come across as this mean like heavy metal music is stupid. You know, yeah. <laughs> it comes across as that whoever wrote this knew heavy metal or knew folk music. So I think that I think that is key to some of that good, more loving style of satire is you really do have to have a knowledge of that community. So if we go back to my screen, Mr. Producer, um, <laughs> this is one of the ones I, I found recently. This came out yesterday or two days ago. Church Leadership Board approves baptism boosters. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your booster shot. Um, no, it's, it's funny. It, it's funny. Um, I also like this one over here. The Pfizer claims vaccine will reduce average child death from nearly zero to nearly zero. That one, that one made me laugh. What what kind of stuff is off limits for you guys? And we can take this down. What other than religion and, and and making fun of God or the Bible? Are there any other topics that are off limits for you that you're like, oh no, we're not going to touch that. It's, it's too incendiary. I mean, I think there's nothing that comes to mind as being like we will not touch that. And even when I talk about God in the Bible, it's like we'll do jokes about people's misconceptions of God or the way that we look at the Bible from a modern lens, you know, and we'll, or we'll use stories in the Bible as kind of a vehicle to tell a different joke. So I think that's all, I think that's all in good fun. And I think that's all fine. But if you look at some of the onion headlines about God, it, you know, it's mocking the very idea that God exists, you know, and that that's a silly, stupid idea and you're stupid for believing it like that kind of stuff. It's like, Number one, it's tired to me. Like we've seen that kind of those kind of jokes over and over again, and it's we're just sick of it. You know, it's like I don't want to yeah. tell that joke because that's yeah. what everybody's already doing. Um, but yeah, in terms of other topics, it's like I, the guiding principle for us really is whatever you make fun of, it can be as serious a topic as, as you can think of. But you, the tone of your satire really needs to match the seriousness and gravity of that topic, right? So if we're going to do a joke about abortion, which is a very serious issue in, in our country, and it, it, to us it's a moral issue and a good versus evil issue, our satire can't be just the silly, goofy, like... We, we did one yeah. very early on in the life of the Babylon Bee that was like, you know, Planned Parenthood's offering two-for-one abortions, right? <laughs> and and the point was, you know, we're trying to make fun of Planned Parenthood for being this business that's profiting on, on abortion. Um, but it came off, the tone came off to our audience really as like, you know, oh, this is, what what is this? You're using abortion to make this silly joke? And that's never what we want. Like, we want people to know, no, we're, if we're going to make a joke about abortion, it's going to be brutal, it's going to be savage, and it's going to let you know exactly what we're thinking on the issue. And yeah, we're never going to yeah. use it tell something uh tell a lighthearted joke well yeah i mean when, when you look at planned parenthood as a business as a business and you think about them as a business to to write the headlines of oh yeah they have doorbusters they have doorbusters like oh they yeah. like black friday black friday sale at planned parenthood um i i understand where you're going i could also understand why people might not like it yeah if we go back to my screen this yeah. one was relatively recent and i think you did a really good job with this one Do dr botch's abortion child tragically born it's obvious that you're not you don't mean that right but it, it kind of shows it makes fun of that whole position while also shining the light on how ridiculous it is and how evil it is i can understand how that would be a lightning rod within within the conservative within the conservative christian community i think you guys have done a pretty good job of of skirting that boundary any other issues that that you've gotten a lot of pushback on other than abortion. Yeah. I mean, you know, anything that's anything that's on race or racism is like, I, I think that's, I think that's actually becoming a little less taboo nowadays because the discussion has been pushed into the mainstream with these issues of CRT. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, everybody's talking about it. And I think we've managed to find this position, this angle where it's like, 
we're constantly skewering the left for being the true racists, you know, and we're not we're not doing satire that's making light of it. We're, we are doing those savage pieces that are that are mocking the, the whole, you know, I think we did one where it was um, we had a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. And it's like far right activist or far right extremist says that you should be judged by the uh, content of your character instead of the color of your skin. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's something like that that just it makes the point it's savage it drops the bomb and then it gets out and it's not um it doesn't feel mean and it it's i i guess the biggest thing with like race or something like abortion um is that you just have to make sure that you're not that it can't be can't possibly be misconstrued in any way <laughs> you know we don't want to give yeah. we don't want to give the left any ammo to say like oh you know what are you actually saying this you know which can be a danger in satire yeah. for sure we're here talking with Kyle Mann, editor-in-chief of the Babylon Bee, and bringing out a new book. It was a collaborative effort. New book from the Babylon Bee, if we put it on my screen again, The Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness. Pick it up wherever you get books, just not Amazon. Anywhere but, but Amazon. Um, I, I can't. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this. I'm going to put it on my coffee table. Coffee table. I'm going to get a, a hard copy or, I guess, the soft, the paperback. Um, you talk about things being misconstrued. In the age of fact checks, that's a big deal because when the fact checkers, it's one thing when the Atlantic doesn't understand the joke. It's an, it's another thing when the fact checkers at Snopes or leadstories.com, PolitiFact, when they don't get the joke because they've been given so much power, they have the ability to restrict your reach on Facebook, on Twitter, and actually do harm to your business. Obviously, you guys have, have been in huge battles with the fact checkers thinking that you were being serious when it was obviously a joke. Um, like, like this one. Go ahead. Go back to my screen, Mr. Producer. This one, relatively recent. CNN praises Taliban for wearing masks during attack. You got fact checked for this. Yeah. How, yeah. How did people not understand <laughs> it? How do people not see it? Well, I think ultimately a lot of times it's an indictment on the target of the satire, right? Like if you are behaving so absurd in real life that we can write an obviously over the top satirical piece and it's not obvious if it's us or if it's real life. I mean, I, I think that just that just speaks to how absurd the left is behaving is behaving so many times. Um, yeah, they always want it to be like they always want it to be an indictment on us. Like, oh, you guys are being irresponsible or, you're, or, or, you know, Snopes has accused us and the New York Times accused us of intentionally being misinformation, not just, oh, being irresponsible, but they're intending to deceive people. That's the business model. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what the New York Times implied was that we exploit um, that kind, we exploit misinformation for clicks, you know, um, which is bizarre because like someone like you reads that article and you go, oh, that's hilarious. That's obviously a joke. Yeah. But there's some people that just don't get satire and start passing it around as if it's real. But I mean, that's been happening for years as well. Like that was happening with Colbert and that was happening with Saturday Night Live when they made fun of Sarah Palin. Um, that happened with The Onion. It still happens with The Onion. Um, you know, probably happened with Jonathan. I think it did happen with Jonathan Swift, if I remember, if I remember right. Yeah. Um, it's just been happening for centuries that people think that satire is real because there's a lot of people that just don't have that uh, funny bone or, or, or humor gene, I guess. <laughs> if, we go, if we go back to my screen, this one blew my mind. You got fact-checked over this. CNN purchases <laughs> industrial-sized washing machine to spin the news before publication. Obviously, a stock image of a washing machine on a gra like a digital set with a CNN logo slapped on it. First thing that comes to my mind, CNN doesn't produce a newspaper. So literally not possible. <laughs> but you got fact-checked. And they didn't just fact-check it as satire. They fact-checked this as fake news as false yeah um and and actually that was one of the most concerning that was one of the early ones that made us go are we being treated differently than everybody else because they ran that fact check and then facebook threatened to demonetize and deplatform us for sharing yeah. fake news because of that story specifically which is bizarre and i've still never seen any evidence you know snopes claims that um, they only fact check stuff that gets submitted to them in, in high volume, you know, um, that a lot of people are getting fooled by it. I've still never seen a single person who got <laughs> fooled by that story because how would that even work? I mean, you spin it in the, yeah. <laughs> even if they did publish the newspaper. <laughs> even if they did, it's just going to make paper mache. It's not, it's not going to be usable. <laughs> I mean, and that's why it's obvious that they're not taking it literally, right? 
it, it, it's one thing if they have no ability to think sarcastically and they take everything literally, but you can't put newspapers. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just, it's obviously <laughs> that they, it's obviously they get the joke. They have to understand the joke because they can't take it literal. I don't know. It, it reminds me of Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, the character that's what Drax I was going to say. Takes everything, takes everything literally. I think we have an article that we did where we have Drax the Destroyer uh, being hired as <laughs> as Facebook's fact checker because it's so insane. <laughs> that is how it feels. I mean, what? Yeah. How? Oh, here. This is my. I don't know if you can see that. That's. This is our Drax, the Destroyer, <laughs> uh, at Facebook fact checking thing. Dr Drax, the title went over your head. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too great. I would catch it. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. And we, if we put up another, my screen again, they fact check this one too. They fact check this one too. Go back to my screen, Mr. Producer. Fisher Price releases my first peaceful protest playset with house you can actually burn down. This got fact checked too. And it is very clearly anyone listening to the audio version. I'll, I'll I'll spell this out for you. It is a it is a playhouse with fascist and anarchy symbols and BLM on it, burning to the ground, and a child raising their fists in celebration while also wearing a mask. Very obviously Photoshop. I mean, this is how they can't take this literally. They can't be this stupid. But this one got fact checked too, and not originally a satire. They fact checked this one as fake. Yeah, and it's something where. I can, you know, you could almost see it if the headline was a little toned down, and if we had done like a really good Photoshop of a of a little tykes <laughs> or Fisher Price box, you know, may, maybe you could do something like that if it wasn't actually burning down. But to have this silly looking playhouse with fire on it and this obvious stock image guy holding up his fist, I I don't know. I mean, I, it's got to be intentional on, on some level, right? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it has to be. It has to be. And and that's where they accuse you guys of intentionally putting out fake news for, for clicks, for profits. When in reality, it seems that they are doing quite the opposite, but still basically the same thing. Deliberately misinterpreting satire and, and, and slapping it down because they don't want it to spread. Not only does the left not want people to laugh, they don't want those jokes to spread, right? They don't want let's go Brandon to spread. That's why they are banning it in every way that they can trying to demonize it. I mean, these these are people who quite literally applauded when Robert De Niro said F Donald Trump in the middle of the Tony Awards. He got he got pretty much a standing ovation. Now they're claiming that Let's Go Brandon is actual vulgar vulgarity, which it obviously isn't right. It's it's the attempt to try and make it more more uh, more PG. They don't want it to, to reach anyone. And, and you mentioned that they only fact check what gets submitted to them. Leadstories.com, which I know you guys have gone to battle with a bunch. We've gone to battle with them a bunch. It, it's amazing. Um, I've, I've studied politics a long time, and I get fact checked by a, an, an entertainment reporter at Leadstories.com on the United Nations. And I'm just like, why did I go to school all those years if an entertainment reporter can just say I'm wrong and walk away and drop the mic? Leadstories.com, their whole system is that they use algorithms to see what's being shared the most. And when things get shared often, it pops up on their radar and they fact check it so it doesn't keep getting shared. It's so obvious that their whole purpose is to stop the spread of it. And they've hit you guys with the bunch. Yeah. Yeah, they have. I, I mean, frankly, and I don't know how how many people have talked about this, but it, I don't. I think the whole business of fact checking is just is, is absurd on so many levels because instead of doing like a complicated nuanced piece of journalism talking about well you know here's some issues uh, you know you, a, a politician makes a statement and, and you analyze it from different angles along different axes you can just write this like 800 to 1000 word whatever check and then you just slap a false Thing at the bottom and that's all people ever look at you know they don't care that your argument yeah. was ridiculous in the fact check and i think the whole binary like true false thing that snopes does and all those guys do is just kind of ridiculous i mean it's not real journalism to me you know it's it's and a lot of times you can see where how ridiculous it gets where they jump through all these hoops to justify calling something mostly true or mostly false yeah. just by nitpicking yeah. one little element or one little modifier 
Going to step away real quick to remind you that this podcast is sponsored by Liberty Cigars. Liberty Cigars is a Patriot-owned business with an extensive line of historically-themed individual cigars and cigar collections, including the Commander Series, the Founder Series, and the President Series. All of their packaging is proudly made in the USA by American workers, and it's a truly unique gift for both cigar and history lovers alike. So here's the deal. When you go to LibertyCigars.com and use promo code BEFREE, B-E-F-R-E-E, any order over $76 is going to receive a free additional Benedict Arnold cigar. That's right, a free cigar added on top. Now, this is the perfect gift for your traitorous liberal family members or friends or just for anyone or smoke it yourself. Again, go to LibertyCigars.com and use promo code BEFREE, B-E-F-R-E-E, to get a free Benedict Arnold cigar added to all orders over $76. So I can't wait for the fact checks on whether or not Joe Biden crapped himself in the Vatican because you know that they're coming. You know they're yeah. coming. And and imagine being in the lead stories or Snopes newsroom, if they even have a newsroom, and imagine that assignment getting placed on your desk and imagine trying to track down whether or not there was a holy crap taken in the Vatican. And, and, and the, the consequences... They don't want that to spread. I mean, in it, in the attempt to fact check things, they sometimes end up making it go more viral. It's like the Streisand effect. When back when Barbara Streisand didn't want them to publish pictures of her, I think it was in Malibu, somewhere in California, her home. She didn't like it, said it was an invasion of privacy. Well, everyone just started posting more and more. So now everyone knows what her home looks like. They do this. They do this um, <laughs> with these stories. If we go to my screen, Mr. Producer, this was another one. I spit out my drink when I read it. Female weightlifter suffers tragic testicle injury just weeks before Tokyo Olympics. Now, it's obvious what you're doing here. A female weightlifter shouldn't be able to suffer a tragic testicle injury, right? It shouldn't, shouldn't be possible. But here's leadstories.com. Fact check. No, not true. Didn't happen. Did not happen. So this went far and wide. And I think more people ended up seeing... I think there are people out there who didn't know that there was a biological man competing in women's weightlifting. I think more people learned about that because of the fact check. So I think sometimes the fact checks have have the opposite reaction to what the fact checkers hope and end up giving it a little bit more exposure. Obviously, it reduces your reach, right? Which is terrible. They, I mean, we've pretty much given up on Facebook at this point because of that. But sometimes it bites them and sometimes they end up spreading the message a little bit more. Are, 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 do any other ones come to mind? Of, of fact checks that uh, they obviously didn't get the joke. Oh, there's there are so many. Uh, USA Today has been particularly bad. Um, they're fact checking. They're they're more recent in the fact checking department, and they're being funded by Facebook, so they kind of get paid to you know pad out their articles with a certain number of words. And you can tell how ridiculous it is. We did one where we said that the Ninth Circuit Court um, overturned Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And they fact-checked it as false. And there's even a line in the article where they talk about calling the Ninth Circuit Court, like the fact-checker called the Ninth Circuit yeah. Court to ask them if they really overturned Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death. And I would have loved to hear that uh, that conversation. USA Today also fact-checked the uh, one we did about Trump uh, wanting to put a space navy on the moon because uh, we found water there. And uh, and that was another one that was just that was just awesome. So, yeah, I mean it's and it's, it's constant and it's always the most ridiculous ones too. Where you're like, really, that yeah. one got back. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that USA Today has gotten a lot worse since they obviously they hired this guy Daniel Funk and he fact checks us a bunch, but he's the guy who said that Joe Biden never looked at his watch when when the servicemen oh, right, yeah. and women were being brought back from Afghanistan. Even though we all saw it, we we all watched it. And, and they just said, nope, didn't happen. We got fact-checked. I mean, that's the point where we just kind of walked away from Facebook. We're still on Facebook now. We just say, for the last person who watches us on Facebook, please turn the lights off when you leave. Um, <laughs> now, it's obvious what they're doing. It's obviously political. But there's there's also so much money in it. And, and I don't know why there hasn't been a lawsuit. Have you guys thought about any, filing any lawsuits against these? Because it seems like it's obviously malicious in your guys' case. It happens every week. Yeah, we've talked about all sorts of options. Um, when it came to when we were getting slandered by the New York Times for uh, sharing far right misinformation disguised as satire, as they put it, we um, you know we sent a legal letter. We just it wasn't legal action; it was just a strongly worded letter, and they backed off and retracted. Um, 
and I suspect that would be the case with a lot of these things. But the problem that we face mostly is like the way that it's it's handled is, you know, the fact checkers are in bed with the social networks, in bed with big tech, in bed with the news media and with government. So it's just this web of, you know, we'll get called misinformation like on our Wikipedia page or something. And then that'll start to get referenced by the big tech guys on the social networks of going, oh, so they're a misinformation site. And it doesn't matter that it's completely made up that we're a misinformation site, but because it was in the New York Times, which is rated related, uh, rated as a reliable newspaper, all of a sudden that's just the truth to them. Um, and so they're all yeah. kind of self-reference yeah. each other in these big circles. You know, Wikipedia was having this long debate in the, uh, the, the discussion page between the editors trying to figure out if we should actually be classified as satire. And they said, well, they're not, you know, the Babylon Bee is not really funny. They're not really jokes. They're just, um, they're just share, they're just saying these conservative talking points. It's not actually mm -hmm. funny. So therefore it not be uh, classified as satire. Well, that's the first step to getting us kicked off Facebook. Cause as soon as we can't say we're satire, uh, they can just ban us for sharing fake news, which, you know, that, uh, that does seem to kind of be, the game plan. So it's hard because it's so there's such a lack of transparency there. Like, what do you say when your posts aren't getting shared? It's like, it's clearly an algorithm yeah. thing, but how do you do Facebook for that? So we are exploring a lot, a lot of different options and trying to do what we can uh, when it becomes blatant. I feel like there needs to be a class action suit because there's so many organizations. Obviously we don't have the same reach that you guys have, but we've been hit. You've been hit. So many of these different conservative websites have been hit with obviously malicious, obviously fraudulent fact checks where they want to play God. And Facebook's argument is always, well, we didn't fact check it. And, yeah, the right. and the fact checkers say, well, we didn't take the action. So they've created, they create this little cabal where they're basically different two hands doing it together. They need each other. They can't ban conservative pages without the other. But they both they've created this whole thing of plausible deniability almost. Well, oh, we didn't ban you. We just fact checked you. And, and then Facebook says, oh, well, we didn't we didn't fact check you. We just used their independent recommendation. It seems like they've they've designed this to try and protect themselves. But I don't think that would stand. And I think I, I'm waiting for a class action lawsuit to form because I think there's enough organizations where we could become a class, enough people where we could become a class, because at some point. Someone has to do something about it. You, you, I mean, whether whether we want to talk about the different laws that, that deal with them being a platform or a publisher, right? That's that's for Congress and the courts to decide. When it becomes malicious and it's designed to stop people from seeing your stuff, to stop you from earning money, have you guys ever calculated the actual monetary harm? Have you guys ever like gone that deep to try and figure out what the harm was actually to you? No, no, we haven't done those kind of calculations, but it is, I mean, we do have to approach it from all these different angles, like legal action is certainly a possibility. I mean, I do think we need to continue building systems outside of their systems as much as we can, while still working within their social networks and systems to try to get the message around and get our word out there and, uh, and share our content. I mean, there's just so many different approaches. And obviously, because they control the power, they can always just pull the plug on us at any time, which is, yeah. you know, they always have that sword kind of dangling over you. But yeah, I mean, we, we have done we have done the numbers on things like reach where it's like, we were cut off by Facebook and fact checked as fake news and suppressed on this day. And you can look at the graph and the trends and all the growth, and then the sudden drop and instantly, you know, lack of lack yeah. of engagement and shares yeah. uh, immediately on the Facebook side. So what, what's the future for Babylon B? Obviously, you, you have this book out. I think it's going to be harder for you guys to do this because every day the real news starts looking more and more like the satire. Do you guys, do you guys follow like the, the not the bee, not the onion, those different websites? And, and are, are you worried that eventually we're going to get to a point where it's indistinguishable between satire and real life because the real stories are getting so crazy? Well, I mean, G.K. Chesterton actually wrote that like 100 years ago, that the, that the reason that uh, satire is failing is because real life has become too absurd to be satirized. <laughs> you know, so this is not yeah. a new phenomenon. It's, it, you know, anything anything in modernity and postmodernity is like just crazy. Um, and and that's just the, the world that's getting increasingly absurd. Um, yeah, not the bee is actually run by the founder of the Babylon bee who doesn't, isn't oh, okay. super involved in the Babylon bee. 
yeah, and he found a not to be. And one of the things that they're doing on not to be is they're doing um, they have not to be social on the back end, where people who subscribe to our both of our websites get access to this social network on the back end. And it's been really cool for our subscribers and our followers to be able to interact on this social network where now they're, you know, we can, we can share Babylon B articles on there and there's no worry that they're going to get suppressed. In fact, we can boost them, <laughs> you know, yeah. beyond getting on Facebook. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's always been the challenge of the comedian and the satirist to find stuff that hasn't been done before and also stuff that hasn't been done before in real life. And that's a constant struggle for us. Yeah. You know, we'll come up with an idea for an article. I think one of our guys pitched an, pitched an article idea about like, um, Sesame streets, you know, is getting gentrified or whatever. And, uh, and then they did, you know, and then, yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. And online and there's like a box, there's an actual Vox article about the problematic gentrification of Sesame street. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. so hard to find stuff you can't, you can't do try to tell a joke about like something being too racist, you know, whether it's baseball or apple pie, there's already an article about that. Yeah. That's serious yeah. written by the left. <laughs> I, I saw one the other day that I, I could have sworn was one was from you or some other one of these other satire sites. Black activists want to make the outdoors more inclusive. <laughs> that, that's 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 the argument that the outdoors are somehow racist and that there's someone at the gate to the forest only letting white people through. And I was like, that has to be fake. No, it's real. It's real. And these are a couple other before I let before we let you go. I, I want to put up a couple of the other, these other ones. That are they should be satire, but they are real. If we go to my screen, Mr. Producer, I'll, I'll go through these. Trans woman with vagina made out of fish says she finally feels like a real woman. That's a real headline. That's a real headline from Metro.co.uk. I, I I would have sworn that that was satire, but nope, that's real. Opening schools is white supremacy and slavery. California school board member charges. This one's funny. Third Russian doctor falls from hospital window after coronavirus complaint because they're actually treating it like he wasn't pushed. <laughs> and this one from NBC, man who ate $120,000 art banana said he would have done it sooner, but wasn't hungry yet. So I, I, I think real news is getting it's it's going to be it's going to be harder for you to do your jobs. But I, I think that that is why we always need satirists. Because it gives us a chance when you're when you're teetering on that line, right? Uh, of is it real? Is it fake? You always have to have a little bit of skepticism to it. And I just think you're gonna have your work cut out for you because world's getting weird out there. <laughs> world is getting really weird. Yeah, for sure. And you know, people will say, "Well, your job's easy in 2021." I'm like, "Well, it, it is no. a target-rich environment for sure, but." Yeah, trying to stay ahead of it is the real challenge. Trying to write something that's not going to come yeah. true in a week, you know, and that's that's the real challenge is trying not to be too prophetic. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think they're getting their ideas from the Babylon P. So, <laughs> any 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 new topics you guys are working on that you're going to be dropping soon? That people should look out for. Um, yeah, after the Babylon B guide to wokeness, you know, we're we're, we're open to other ideas for guide uh, books. The, this guidebook format has been a lot of fun, so we're looking at doing other Babylon B guides. Like you said, the wokeness stuff is going to be out of date, so it's like we got to write the next, the sequel, wokeness <laughs> 2.0, or something like that. We're working on a lot of video formats on our YouTube channel, so we're doing a lot of uh, little sketch comedy and new, uh, satirical news reports on our video channel. So that's been a lot of fun. We also have a we have a team of animators here, so we've been doing some great animations. Um, you know, just satirizing various things and worldviews, just like our written content does. But the cartoon element is a lot of fun too. Well, that's awesome. Well, well we're, I appreciate you coming on, Kyle. We're, we're Kyle Mann, Babylon Bee's editor-in-chief. They have a new book out, The Babylon Bee Guide to Wokeness. I highly recommend that you check it out and buy it. Barnes & Noble, wherever books are sold, just try not to use Amazon if you can. <laughs> Kyle, I want to thank you so much for, for the interview. It was a lot of fun talking to you and I uh, wish you the best of luck with the book. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Going to remind everyone that this podcast is also sponsored by MyPillow. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CD21, CD21, Charlie Delta 21 to get up to 66% off. It's the best promo code that MyPillow has available. Listen, Mike Lindell is a patriot. It's a great American company that employs a large number of American workers. Shop American, get your family members or friends a fine MyPillow product this year for the holiday season for Christmas. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CD21 to get up to 66% off.
so that yeah the it, we go ahead let's, let's go to one screen yeah <laughs> i think it's hilarious i i've always loved it i'm not cut out for it just when i i always think i can write these headlines but every time i try and write them they're not funny they're not funny i i just my mind isn't wired that way to be able to come up with this the satire headlines for these guys to do it every day day in and day out for this many years and still be funny every single time it, it, it takes a lot it takes a lot so i highly recommend that you guys go check out his book i've read the, the ebook version a little bit it's it's very funny again that's babylon the babylon b guide to wokeness out today everywhere books are sold well that's going to be it for this edition of the conservative daily podcast if you like the podcast make sure you subscribe to the audio version it's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean, and Audible. So check us out there. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's how we prove our numbers to our advertisers, and we need your help to do that. And they only care about audio downloads. So if you can, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts especially, and give us a nice five-star review. You can even do it if you don't have an Apple device. You can download iTunes on your, on your Windows laptop, create an Apple ID, and leave us a five-star review. A little bit more of a process, but if you have the time, please do. Do it. Be very, very helpful. Um, we go live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, so make sure you tune in for that Monday through Friday. And if you need a little help, you need a little reminder, text the word FREEDOM to 89517, and you'll get a text alert, a text alert to your phone. We won't spam you. We're not going to send you anything weird. We just send you two texts a day telling you what we're talking about and how and where and when you can watch. So make sure you sign up for that text alert system if you haven't already. Also, there is a link in our description to sign up for our email newsletter. Very, very important. That's how you'll get access to our fax blasts and our different email alerts. So that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.